Good morning, everyone. This morning we are in Proverbs chapter 3. What an incredible proverb this is. Uh, just a, an immense amount of wisdom is packed into the book of Proverbs. And in particular, I mean all of them, but in particular, the third chapter here is so good. And the thing I, I, we're going to have to do is like I would suggest, you know, find one to two, maybe three things that you can really take with you from the scriptures this morning, because what, how many verses are there? There's um 35 and they're so good. So without further ado, let's get going. Solomon sharing the wisdom he's learned over the years and, and he had much. Now he didn't do everything right, far from it, but he did when he when he stopped to pause to think of the Lord and to gain wisdom from on high, he did get great wisdom. It's just sometimes he didn't follow the Lord and he did his own thing. And in those times he was not being wise. But in writing Proverbs, it seems like it was when he was more in the spirit or more in tune with God. And he does have some wonderful words for us. So my son, do not forget my teaching and how important that is, right? May we always keep the the Lord's teaching before us uh, in every and all situations. May we reflect on, it makes me think simply of the bracelet that was very popular, but yet I you know some people at our church wear them. In fact, do I have one on right now? I'm not even, no. But WWJD, you know, what would Jesus do? And as you ponder how Jesus would want you to respond, how the word would guide you to re- respond you're you're remembering him my son do not forget my teaching but let your heart keep my commandments and you know we talk a lot about i do about honoring god's word following god's word and i really believe there's blessing in it and one of the blessings in it is that you don't reap the destruction from sin because if you do what God desires, you're not doing what he doesn't desire. And when you do sin, that's what leads to destruction. So by doing what's right, it, it it prevents so much harm. And listen to what it says here. But let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life. You know, essentially, it's going to even increase your life. And, you know, sin can take us out of this life earlier, uh, whether it be abuse of the body or uh, maybe you know, I'm just, for whatever reason, I'm driving recklessly or whatever the case may be, when we're not living in, in obedience to God, we put our lives at risk. But then it says this, and peace they will add to you. You'll have greater peace. And isn't that true when we follow God? There's just so much more peace in life, knowing that even when this life comes to an end, we'll be home with the Lord. Do not let kindness and truth leave you Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Both kindness and truth. It makes me think of uh, something we talk about in Ephesians chapter 4 quite a bit is to speak the truth with love and how much we need that today. We, we, we have to stay in the truth of God's word, but we can do it with love and with kindness. And that's a powerful combination. When we don't water down the truth, we speak the truth for what it is in all situations, but we do it from a heart of love and kindness. And he's saying, have both kindness and truth around your neck 
and have it written on the tablet of your heart. So that's what comes out of you. If that's what's in you, that is what come out of you. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. And what a wonderful thing that is. Think about that. To have favor with God and man. And, you know, sometimes favor with God will give you favor with man. When you're doing what's right and you're you're being kind and you're in the truth, um, you can find favor in this life. God blesses you and gives you opportunity. And, you know, sometimes the way that God chooses to bless you is through man. Meaning, like, if you're if you're honoring God and you're a man of God or a woman of God and you're doing what's right, you're doing what's honorable, that sometimes you might get the job that you wouldn't otherwise get. You might get the promotion you wouldn't otherwise get. You you, you know, sometimes God's blessing comes through man. It's it's still God's favor, but but He's given you favor with man too. There's a blessing in doing what's right. Listen to this now. This is just so mighty. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Oh, that we would take all of our decisions to the Lord. That we would seek first the kingdom of God. That we would ask for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and not rely just on our flesh, on our feelings, but that we would seek God's ways and that's going to be a better way, and that's going to be the straight way, and it's going to be the path that God has lit before us. Oh, that we would seek the Lord in all things. Listen to this verse. Do not be wise in your own eyes. I, I really paused there today as I prepared to speak to you, and I, I've just seen this. I've seen it in my own life. Um yeah, I've seen it in my own life, even in the church, you know, many years ago, focusing on a very intensive style of discipleship that Jesus was an example of, and really believing that that is the type of discipleship exactly in that way that we need to do it today. <clears throat> and yet, throughout the history of the church, even beginning with the first apostles, we don't see that even Peter or John, as an example, did discipleship the way that Jesus did. Meaning, we don't see Peter getting 12 followers and traveling for three years and on an itinerant mission, traveling around the region, training up his guys, or John doing it exactly the way Jesus did. But yet, if you focus on Jesus's type of discipleship, which there's so much to learn and so much good in it, I'm definitely not saying that there's not good in it, but it's just interesting how my eyes are being opened that the next generation of the church didn't do it the way he did. And I'm, I'm still contemplating what that means. Um, I'm taking a, a class on discipleship right now. So I'm really evaluating this a lot. But I'm just telling you, in my own eyes, I was wise. And I was like, we have to do it the way Jesus did it, which you'd think would be a good principle. But I got so, so fixated on that that I, I couldn't see otherwise. This is going back quite a way quite a while now, like back to two thousand eight, nine, that kind of time frame. But anyways, it led me it led me a little bit astray. It led me skewed because I I thought I had it. You know, I was wise in my own eyes. And you know, I, I've seen this today, I would call it pride, um, where there, there are times when I feel like people in our midst 
feel like they got it down. You know what I mean? They know the way. And, uh, and as a result, then they're not humble. And if you're not humble, you can't learn. You can't, you can't grow. And in a sense, pride can make you stuck because you, you think you've got it right. And therefore you are unwilling to really lean in to learn. And, uh, This can happen scripturally, and I think of, uh, I did some coaching in golf this past year, and there was a a young lady who had a lot of talent, um, and I noticed that she had some talent, and I started helping her, but she had some significant problems with her swing that I was trying to help her with, and after we got done with the lesson, she, you know, apparently told her dad what I was teaching her or something like that. And I don't even think her dad's much of a golfer from what I have talked to him anyways. And he pretty much poo-pooed what I was trying to teach this girl. And as a result, it just thwarted her season because now, you know, he was kind of supporting her and not making the changes that I was advising. So basically he and she, they were wise in their own eyes. Uh, now I don't know, you know, my daughter and I are two time Wisconsin state golf father, daughter champions. My daughter was the player of the year for the state of Wisconsin. And it's like, you'd think someone would probably listen, right? (laughs) I mean, uh, but, but you can get stuck where you, you think, you know, better. And then, and then that pride causes someone to not learn. So Evaluate that. Like I said, you know, I'm trying to be humble too in that I did this. And uh, we have to evaluate sometimes if we're getting so stuck on our own opinion that we're unwilling to learn and grow. So fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Man, that fearing the Lord is such a beautiful and wonderful thing. And I know. Some people at our church are studying the awe of God by John Bevere, and I, I haven't. I've seen some things on that. I watched a video of him talking about that, and it's something that I've been focused on quite a bit. It's, it's having a proper fear, awe, reverence of God, and that's why we have revere the Word, because I really, I have reverence for the Word of God and a fear of God. That's a lovely thing. It's a beautiful thing, and it it helps me to stay on track, and and therefore helps me to help others to fear and honor and revere God and his word as well. And listen to what it says. For those who have that, it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? That's what the fear of the Lord does in turning away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. You know, evil ways will lead to destruction. We've talked about it over and over today. But fearing the Lord and turning away is healing to your body and refreshment. Who doesn't want that to your bones? Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce. Isn't that interesting that, you know, and I think we've seen that a little bit as we've gone through the Old Testament, that there's a principle of giving first fruits. Um, And back then, you know, they would give crops or maybe from the, the firstborn of their cattle, the first fruits, and that we're supposed to do that too. You know, we're supposed to give in proportion to what we receive, um, knowing that really it's all God's. We're only here temporarily anyways, and that the best way to honor God, excuse me, is to 
give first. When you receive, that automatically you give from what you received and you do it first. Because if you don't do it first, then what can happen is all of our own interests and the things that we do with our money can be done first. And then all of a sudden we find out there's nothing left over for the Lord. And uh, giving to him first shows that he's first. You'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And in fact, you know, obviously I'm not a prosperity preacher, uh, but there is some truth to it. Listen, and from the first of all your produce, you're supposed to give. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, do you believe that God gives favor to people who honor him? So there is some truth that honoring God with your wealth and giving to him first can bring about God's favor in your life. Um, there is some truth to that. The scriptures reveal that. Now that can be taken so far and so extreme, and that's not what I'm suggesting. But uh, I think we do need to honor the Lord with what God has given us. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. <clears throat> From the Lord loves whom he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was just giving my wife a hard time. There's something I was trying to encourage her in. And <clears throat> lovingly, she's kind of like, stop, you know, stop pestering me. Or I'm like, what, stop loving you? I'm, I'm whatever the thing I'm saying to you to encourage you in is I'm just, it's just because I love you, you know, but <clears throat> isn't it interesting that sometimes and here it's saying, you know what, if the Lord disciplines you, don't, don't reject the discipline of the Lord uh, because he loves you, you know, by, by giving you guidance and turning you away from sin, he's showing his fatherhood in your life, showing that he delights in you, that he cares enough to discipline you. <clears throat> How blessed is the man who finds wisdom? And the man who gains understanding for her, now he's speaking of wisdom as a, wisdom itself as a she here. For wisdom, her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life, all this is about wisdom. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant always. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who hold her fast. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By knowledge the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul an adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Wow. That whole section was really on the blessing and advantage to having wisdom. And you may know that Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom and God was so pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom, that he blessed Psalm with wisdom and, and everything else too. Uh, and that just shows God's value on wisdom. And, you know, wisdom helps us in everything, right? It helps us to honor God and make the right decisions, not make the wrong decisions. Wisdom and discernment from on high. 
And what a beautiful testimony this is to how wisdom can help us. Oh, Lord, give us your wisdom to do what's right and honorable and to know the difference. Hallelujah. Verse 25, do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. The Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. That's interesting, isn't it? Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. So we should be looking to help our brothers and sisters in the church and just people we come across in the world. There's an opportunity to do good to those when it's in our power, we're supposed to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it when you have it with you. Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. Do not contend with a man without cause. And, you know, I want to just get back to verse 29. Do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely beside you. I mean, we should be seeking to love our neighbor as ourselves. So where we have opportunity to do that, we should do that. Um, we um, moved to a new home in in August, not a new home, but a existing home that we moved into. And uh, it was it was lovely. We had some of the neighbors that are close by over uh, in December, a little while back, and just had some fellowship here, and some were believers, and uh, it was nice, you know, and we should be seeking to uh, extend love to our neighbors. Do not contend with a man without cause, if he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious are an abomination to the Lord. Wow. The devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. Wow, look at that. The Lord God is intimate with the upright, those who are doing right, those who are seeking to follow and honor him and his word. He's intimate with them. What a beautiful thing to have intimacy with the Lord. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. Wow. But he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Look at that. Look at just the the divergence there. The curse of the Lord on the wicked, the blessing on the dwelling of the righteous. Doesn't that make you just want to do right and honor him? Be a man or woman of God and receive the blessing of God? Though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. The wise will inherit honor but fools display dishonor. Wow. Oh, may we be people of the book, people of Jesus, people of wisdom, people who have a proper fear of the Lord, people who seek to honor His ways, people that are humble to learn before God. Such great lessons we learn in Proverbs chapter 3. May we uh, apply them to our lives and be the people of God have wisdom. Hallelujah. God bless you all.